0: We've got a great episode today on how to get 2021 started off right, and we have two of the best in the industry, Steve the Hurricane and Ginny Kenyon. Enjoy.
1: Welcome to the Home Care Heroes podcast, featuring trending topics and practical wisdom for success in home care. Here's your host, Ken Accardi.
0: Hey, so here I am. I'm on, uh, I'm online with, you know, one of our favorite podcast guests. I have Steve, the hurricane here, Stephen Weiss. What I thought we would talk about today is, you know, kind of starting the year right for 2021. So, I mean, you know, really 2020, it's been, you know, crazy year for the entire planet and, you know, certainly for home care And you know, and I, I wanted to get your perspective on, you know, kind of starting the year, right. Is that something you're up for?
2: Yeah, absolutely and thank you for having me Ken. I didn't get to say that before but I just it's an honor and a pleasure to always be here and be able to serve and talk with uh you and our fellow home care business owners out there. So, uh when it comes to, you know, starting off a new year, I actually just had a call with my mastermind clients like 25 minutes ago. We wrapped up a call talking about preparing for the new year. And and one of the things that we talked about was best years ever or hitting new milestones and breaking records, those things don't just happen. You Hmm. have to plan and prepare for it year after year after year in order to have these record-setting years. And so here it is, it's 2020, it's COVID, we all are aware of what took place this year, yet every single one of my mastermind clients who have been with me for the full year or longer all had their best year this year. How did they do it? We planned for it in 2019. So at this time of year what I'm encouraging everybody to do is number 1 know your starting point, which means calculate your KPIs. How many referrals did we bring in this year? How many people started care? How much revenue is generated per start of care? So that when I know those KPIs then For next year, 2021, I can plan and budget accordingly. How much money did I spend to get these? And if I want to get more, I have to spend a certain amount more. And then you can make your plan from there. So it's plan your work now, the end of 2020, to make 2021 your best year yet. Yeah,
0: fantastic. I love that as an intro. And before we kind of move forward into 2021 some more, let's look back for a minute. So I remember, you know, kind of pandemic hits everybody. And this home care pulse report comes out and it says, you know, I mean, hey, home care is doing okay, but a lot of people are a little bit down on their sales and down on their referrals. And, and even if we think of, you know, kind of those techniques, you know, let's get out there, let's visit our power partners, let's go to that assisted living, you know, it seemed like some of the agencies they kind of fell off because, you know, even if they were good at making the milk run, it's like the world is shut down. But then, you know, I, and, you know, we've been in touch throughout the year. So I know that um, the, the people that you work with, you know, they're kind of up. Right. So like, I mean, so what were some, you know, what were some of the things that you did? I mean, nobody really probably in their KPIs and their planning the year for 2020 was thinking there was going to be this big global pandemic, but it sounds like, you know, you have to have a plan. And then like, I think it was Eisenhower that said, you know, like, like, uh, you know, plans are, you know, you you throw them away, but planning is indispensable. So what did you guys do to kind of, uh, you know, kind of coach your, your people to kind of, you know make. lemonade out of lemons when the pandemic hit and to see their growth go up.
2: So I can get tell you, it's like a three part answer here. Like the first part of it, without a doubt, is, is 100% my faith in the greater good. God, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I always give him the credit and the glory because when this first hit, I became I was afraid, you know, like I was, sure. I was just talking about this with Nicole a couple of minutes before we jumped on my, my executive director here about how we overcame stuff this year. And and I was like, you know, when it, my first thought initially when COVID, was, oh, my God, I don't want to get COVID. Am I going to die? What's going to happen to my company? What's going to happen to my wife and my kids? And that was my initial thought when everything happened. So I turned to my faith first and foremost. Then after getting through that and getting my confidence back, you know, hey, you know, my faith has been, faith has been around forever. It's been around during pandemics, before, whatever. I started taking a look at my own personal history. And this is where I can say my benefit from having done direct referral marketing back in the day, I went through the H1N1 pandemic when this, when the the swine flu was a thing and everybody was worried about getting it then it didn't affect the world the way this did, but lockouts and shutdowns, and you can't come into this community unless you are related to somebody. All of that happened. So this is not the first time the healthcare industry went into lockdown mode before. I lived through it, and during that time when it happened in 2010, if you remember... The economy was also equally as bad. Nobody could sell their houses. Housing property, unemployment was above 15. I'm sorry, yeah, unemployment was above 15%, just like everything, history almost completely repeated itself. And yet during that time, how did I still see double-digit percentage revenue growth over the year before. So I then took all of my programs, my Hurricane University. This is a, a course that all of my clients sign up for where I am the one teaching them. They get modular training where they watch the videos, and then they get live classes with me. I had every one of my clients, even if they've already taken Hurricane University, I had them all take new classes with me on how to do this, with lockdown situations. And so I had a hundred plus agencies in all these classes every single week, April and May. And then they were executing, doing everything I taught them to do on how to do it with lockdown parameters. And then all of a sudden, May, June, July, they all exploded. And then what ended up happening for us by the grace of God is word got out all these companies that used to be able to market, their marketers couldn't, they didn't know how to do it. So then they started calling us, seeing that we were getting results, and then we started helping more people get results nationwide, and the, the world you know changed forever for us that day when we started to do this, and that's how things happened. So you know one part was faith, one part was taking a look at the history, and then the last part was being flexible and adjusting how I deliver my services to meet the current situation that people are facing. Yeah,
0: fantastic. And I I think you got, you know, and of course, I mean, one of the big things that uh, Hurricane Marketing is known for is the boot camps. And of course, you know, it's all, hey, you know, I'm going to go in, I'm going to meet elbow to elbow, you know, with these other people. And of course, that hasn't happened this year. But I understand that you did have, you know, kind of a a focus on your kind of late summer, early fall boot camp, which was really all about, you know, kind of what what these agencies had learned. And I and I pretty much understand that you did pretty well in that boot camp. Is that right?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of like so as we were talking at the very, very beginning here, you know, plan your work, work your plan. Right. And then when COVID hit, you know, for, at least for me, I, I had a plan. I, I actually found a post on Facebook about a month ago, right at the very end of October, beginning of November. And it said, I know 2020 is going to be an amazing year because I'm planning it now. And that okay. was when I started to plan the year in advance. And I always do. It. November, December is my year in review and planning for the next year. And then when things happen, in this case, COVID, you have to adjust that plan and switch it out and then take a look at your metrics and then adapt and figure out ways to be flexible moving forward. So when I couldn't do in-person events, I thought canceling the Houston boot camp back in March It was just going to be a one temporary thing when it turned out this is going to be for the long haul for at least a year, year and a half. I had to figure out another way to be able to continue to generate revenue for my company, continue to educate people that have a need. And so that's where once again, going through all of this with my clients, teaching them how to market during a lockdown. And then they had all these amazing results. Then I was like, all right, well, now that I've done this with my clients and they're killing it. Let me put out some, some two-day event, like I would do it in person, do it virtually, and teach them how to be able to market under this current climate, which led us to have an amazing record-setting third and fourth quarter, because all these people who weren't used to working with us saw that content, and they were like, man, this is amazing. This is just two days. What can we do if we do a lot of work together, and now everyone's having these amazing results going into 2021? Fantastic. I love
0: it. Hey, listen, I mean, you know, this has been the year of COVID. We're actually recording this in December of 2020. It's probably gonna hit the waves in the beginning of January. But, you know, it's been kind of all COVID all the time. But you know, as I I I mentioned to you just before we turned on the cameras, so um, you know, first vaccines out in the UK, first vaccines out in the US. So
2: um,
0: you know, so I'm gonna I'm gonna like ask you the question that basically says, you know, like without anything to do with COVID, you know, we're now looking into 2021. And, uh, you know, and and you kind of, I mean, I maybe want to follow up on what you talked about, you know, earlier, which is putting your plan together. So like, let's say that I'm a home care agency, I've just hit, you know, my first half million in sales, or I'm kind of coming up the ladder. But you know, I've never really, you know, kind of, I didn't go to business school, I was a nurse, you know, I started this home care agency, you know, we're kind of throwing out, you know, key performance indicators and business measures and all that. And this might be a new concept to me. So if you were going to say, hey, you know, if this is new for you, let me tell you, you know, two, three, four things, you know, to start measuring today and start kind of planning how you're going to improve those measurements. What would be those two or three or four, you know, kind of key measures you'd, you'd kind of say to somebody who hasn't really set their planning and KPIs to, uh, to go after?
2: The, the KPIs that I always take a look at is what is the weekly billable hours per client? because that's a hugely important one. When you look at all the problems that people are facing in home care, the biggest problems are, it's two part. One is can't get enough caregivers and keep them. And then the other part is I can't get enough patients and keep them either because people sign up for services and then they cancel within two, three weeks. Caregivers come in and then they're gone in two, three weeks. And it's just this revolving door of clients and caregivers constantly back and forth. So, If I know and I find out that my average billable hours per week per client, meaning how many hours per week a patient is receiving, is anything less than 20 hours per week, that's a major red flag I've got to be able to get that number up. As an agency, I like to, when I work with, as a consultant, when I work with home care companies, my goal is to get them to have 30 to 40 hours per week per client. Caregivers stay on services working for agencies longer when they have consistent hours. So if they have a patient that has 40 hours a week, Monday through Friday, you know, nine to five, eight to four, that's 40 hours a week. That caregiver, they're not going to cancel that. They're going to go look for another job because they're making 40 hours with one patient. Conversely, clients who have that kind of level of care, they don't cancel services because they need care every single day. So when I'm looking at my metrics, if anything, anything less than 30 hours, anything less than 20, major red flags, anything less than 30, you still have to get those hours per client up. At the end of the day, a million dollars, right? You could have. You can have. Uh. 80 clients getting 10, 15 hours a week for an entire year, that's going to generate a million dollars. Or you can have 20 clients getting 40 hours a week, and that's also going to generate a million dollars. What's going to be easier for you to maintain? What's going to be easier for you to manage? What's going to be easier for you to staff? What's going to be easier for caregivers to be able to stay with the job and the company? It's going to be those larger clients that are getting your services week in and week out. Build your business around those type of clients, and that will make you successful in the long run. And you're going to be helping the population that has the greatest need. Yeah, fantastic. I,
0: I mean, I think that's fantastic. That's really great. I mean, you know, so it's if there's one metric to go after, it's like you know, kind of average. I mean, look at all your clients, you know, and, and it sounds like the ones that are asking for five hours, those are the ones that are going to churn. And if you could get over 20, you should, all, you should almost be setting that as a minimum. And if you could get your average up in the 30, 40 range, you know, that's where you're really kind of cooking with gas. All right.
2: right. That's my call that I had before I jumped on with you. Every one of the people on there, exception of one, have all gone to the 20 hours as their minimum. All of their average clients are between 30 and 40, and they all had their best year ever. And and, and it makes it easier for scheduling, for recruiting, for retention, for client services. That is the, the magic metric of success for these home care businesses.
0: Fantastic. All right. Listen, uh, you know, we're keeping the podcast short, so we're going to kind of end this one here. But let me uh, let me kind of ask you just, you know, how do we tell the people who are listening today? Say like, hey, you know, like I've heard of this Steve the Hurricane guy, but I've never really engaged with him. How could they get in touch with you and learn more about, uh, you know, the programs and things like Mastermind that we're talking about?
2: Uh, so there's two ways you can do it one if you want to see like all the free we put a ton of free content out there because i really feel that if i'm going to ask you to spend money with us and our services are not cheap everything everything costs thousands of dollars right so as a consultant i don't want you to come to me and be like you know help me see my free stuff look at what i'm giving you for free go to youtube look up steve the hurricane i'm the only one in the world it's a registered trademark Find me there, watch my videos. Then after watching some videos, and you get an idea as to how we do things and what specifically you'd want from us. Then I'd say email us at info at homecaremarketing.net. Info at homecaremarketing.net will give you a free strategy session and we'll go over how we can scale your business and get it from where it is to where you want it to be. All
0: right, fantastic, Steve. So we'll, uh, we'll end it here. And uh, thanks again for being on the Home Care Heroes podcast. Thank you great advice from steve the hurricane but stay tuned our next guest is ginny kenyon let's see what ginny has to say about starting off 2021 on the right foot well hello welcome back to home care heroes podcast i'm here with actually one of my mentors in home care ginny kenyon ginny runs kenyon home care consulting and actually she's been a mentor before we even met and we've known each other for a pretty long time so And the reason for that is that uh, Ginny has religiously over the years she publishes Kenyan Connects and she shares best practices on her website. And you know we're we're kind of in the you know in the presence of royalty here. Ginny has you know run successful agencies and she's also helped you know launch so many agencies. She's out of the Pacific Northwest, but she helps people nationwide. So thanks for being a guest on the podcast today, Ginny. How are you?
1: I'm great. Thanks for inviting me, Ken.
0: You know, and interestingly. When you you did join the meeting today, you said that you were just doing planning with your staff and making sure that you're starting 2021 off right. So why don't we start with that question today? You know, so we're mostly at Home Care Heroes. We mostly talk to non-medical agencies. But if you were advising these non-medical agency leaders, what should be their top priorities for the start of 2021? What should they be thinking about and doing right now?
1: Well, with the massive changes in our environment, particularly COVID and what has pushed on us, um, there are a couple of things that agencies have to think about if they're going to be successful. And they have to take care of their most valuable asset, that's their people. So protecting them while they're in the homes, taking care of people. Uh, and also, how are you gonna recruit and get the best and keep the best? And those are the two big challenges the year coming up, uh, protecting them and getting them and keeping them. So um, agencies are gonna have to really focus on this. And many have been, there's so many changes going on. Many agencies are overwhelmed. And I know this is not something that rises to the top, but it has to in 2021, if you're gonna be successful.
0: Yeah, Hmm. well, fantastic. I think that that's really the, I mean, that's why we we really started Home Care Heroes is really to, you know, have the agencies value their caregivers as, as much as possible and really to do right by their caregivers. So let's go on. I mean, I know you've you know, run successful agencies and as part of what you do, you help advise the agencies on how to recruit talent, how to retain talent. So what are, you know, maybe a top two or three ideas that come to mind for, you know, for agencies who are really trying to say, you know, hmm, maybe I haven't embraced and loved my caregivers as much as I need to in the past, but this is, you know, really this, this whole business is about, you know, having quality caregivers and keeping them on my team. So what are what are two or three great ideas that you might share with these agency owners?
1: Well, I think the first thing you've got to recruit the right kind of people. And when I go in to help someone get started or to help them fix things, one of the first things I ask is create a profile of what that that person's going to look like. And it doesn't make a difference what position it is in your organization, whether it be a caregiver in the field or a staff person in the office. They they all work as a team and they all have to be compatible together. And so that profile is the objective things, of course, how many years experience in whatever, but the subjectives become critical. And so many people don't recognize that just because the person you like and they interview well doesn't mean that they're gonna be best for that position. I've been a victim of that, and that's why I started creating profiles. And in that subjective area, you want to put all the things that are important to you, loyalty to the company, uh, integrity, shows high integrity, reliable. I mean, whatever those subjective qualities are, at the top five, everybody in your organization should meet. And there are tests out there that actually test for that, uh, validated tests, and Stephen Tweed has one, and I use a lot because it can't be, you can't fool it. If, if you're, if you don't have high integrity, it's going to show up. So mm-hmm. uh, these are the kinds of things that you really need to pay attention to. The, the other things that you need to what, so, so you've got this profile and you, you want to go out and you've got to, you got to look at the ads that are out there for other, for the same position for other companies. I always looked at them and said, okay, what's important to the people that are filling that role? So I'd had focus groups with my aides and with my nurses. And what the aides and the nurses both told me is what what brought them in and why they stay is because the work I offered was meaningful. So I rewrote my ads that said come make a difference in somebody's life And see that's really what the hook was for the aides and for the nurses That's why they ex why they practice and why they do what they do So make sure your ad is speaking to the group You're trying to recruit you of course wouldn't do that for a a bookkeeper or a, a clerical support in the office, they come for different reasons and you need to know that. So do your profile, recruit the way, and, and make ads that are enticing to the emotional things that, that they come to the job for. And then we talk about retention, same thing. What's important to them? And it's said over and over in the HR literature, people do not leave a job, they leave a supervisor or a manager. So you better stay connected, and there are lots of ways to stay connected with your people. Um, But when they're in the office, of course, your your door is always open if you're the manager or the owner, so that anyone can walk in and chit chat with you or let you know if they have problems that they would like you to help them with. Uh, Open door policy is critical. And knowing people and recognizing their birthdays. How many of you automatically send out birthday cards, to everybody in your organization and recognize them. At all staff meeting, do you recognize their tenure? I did, I I had little pins they all got after six months. After two years, they got a lab coat with their name and the company name on it. I mean, you have to decide what's important to them. I asked them what they wanted and the aides were real easy. They wanted business cards with their name on it. You'd, you wouldn't think that that would be important, but to them, it made all the difference in the world. And I found they were actually passing their business cards out in the grocery line at Safeway. And we got customers as a result of it. So find out what's important to your staff and organize yourself around that.
0: Wow. Fantastic uh, advice. I mean, a lot of it, if I you know take one word, I'm not sure you said this word is like kind of pride in the job. I mean, you're making a difference in someone's life you know, you're they're they're asking for something like that business card because it's, you know, I'm proud of the role I have and they're passing it out to people in the grocery store and it's, it's building a culture. And I love the fact that you said, you know, objectively you want their experience and blah, 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 but also are they just going to fit in this team? And are they going to, you know, really, really work out well? And those are, those are some great pieces of advice. Uh, well, thank you for that. I guess kind of shifting gears. I know that, you know, one of the things that you help agencies with right away is making sure that you have the right policies and procedures on the back end, and like this, this whole recruiting and retention. I mean, that's probably like a, a big, a big point in your policies and procedures. So let's say that you know some agency maybe uh, started with some policies and procedures a couple of years ago, but that was before COVID, and maybe it was you know even before. Not that it hasn't been around for a while, but before this struggle for really you know, getting and retaining caregivers. So now they're going to get with their staff and they're going to say, hey, you know, I heard this podcast, you know, Ginny Kenyon told me we're going to recognize the birthdays, we're going to recognize the tenure, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. So how does this all tie into, you know, kind of maintaining and using your policies and procedures as, you know, kind of a, a strong tool for running your agency?
1: Well, Every state is different. There's still, I think, 20 states that don't have any licensure at all, so you're kind of out there free-floating, and the good news is you don't have anyone knocking on your door that's going to tell you you're you're doing it wrong, and they're going to fine you. The bad news is you don't have any parameters to follow, and we do have national templates that we have created for everybody, regardless of the state, so that if you're in a state that's licensed, we help you Uh, embed the state rules. It's really critical that you as managers know the state rules and then help uh, translate it to your staff. Uh, State rules aren't always, um, for me, they're very easy. I can do them in my sleep because I've done them for so long, but Mm -hmm. for someone starting out, they don't make sense. But when I read a rule, I know exactly what the surveyors are asking for. So um, it's important that you keep it updated and uh, we do update our manuals on a regular basis because the world does change. And you did mention, you know, with COVID and everything, the feds now are imposing on everybody uh, really strict infection control. So look at your policy and procedure on infection control. If you have not updated that in the last year or so, go on the line with the federal government and see what they're recommending and make sure you're compliant with it i'm pretty sure if you're in a licensed state they're already telling you you've got to update that the other one is emergency preparedness of which a pandemic now is being added as an uh, emergency preparedness how prepared are you to deal with another huge pandemic and your state or the federal government should be able to give you information and if you haven't if you're a Medicare agency and you have not updated your manual in the last three years, you might as well just buy a new one because the world changed so mm-hmm. dramatically and they're doing it again. I've got to go in again and update uh, this Jan- this first quarter because again they have changed things. So it's going to be minor changes this time, but still every year <clears throat> we do have to update our manuals so that we stay current with the, the rules and the changes in the environment.
0: Got it. So let's say i mean uh, let's take the easy case maybe or maybe it's maybe it's not an easy case but let's take the the states that you know don't have uh licensing requirement and maybe they didn't even start out with policies and procedures but now you know that was fine when they had three clients and eight clients and 12 clients but now they're they're really turning into a big agency they're you know getting close to their you know first million in revenue or trying to move from one million to two million and they need a policies and procedures manual like you know how Is that something they should just like, you know, start doing internet research and writing themselves? Or, you know, how could they get help from somebody like you on that?
1: They would do better to just, there are others besides me that have policy and procedure manuals that are written for the different kinds of businesses. If you try and write it yourself, it's gonna be months and months and months of writing because um, when I first wrote the manuals, I think I took two or three months to, and I know what I'm doing. I had to distill all the different rules around the country and pull it all together and look at the accrediting bodies and see what they were saying and that's how the templates were created Um, it's cheaper for you in the long run to just buy one that's already done and then if you need help in understanding it or modifying it to match how you're going to run your agency if you're not in a licensed state uh, you're free to do that except there are federal rules in those Manuals that you absolutely must follow, and if you don't understand them, I'm always here to help translate it for you so that you know, yeah, you can d- you can eliminate that one, but no, that's a federal rule. You cannot eliminate uh, violence in the workplace and some of the other policies that are in there because those are federal standards and federal rules, and even though you're not in a licensed state, you're still held accountable to the federal rules.
0: Got it. Okay. Well, listen, why don't we, uh, we'll just wrap up the segment here, but how do people get in touch with you, Ginny, if they, you know, they're saying, Hey, I either need to get my policies and procedures put in place for the first time, or I need to get, you know, I, I had them and they have some dust on them and they I really need better ones. You know, how do they get in touch with you to, to get some help with that?
1: Well, the manuals can be bought online. They can go into Kenyonhcc.com, go into the store, and they will find the manuals. The manuals at the very beginning are all accredited, and so though unless you are required to have accreditation or you want accreditation, go down lower and then you'll see that all the templates that are non-accreditation ready. And be sure you pick the correct one. If you're a skilled agency, be sure you pick a home health. If you're non-skilled, be sure you pick a non-skilled home care, so that you are getting the right template. And in order to get a hold of me, uh, you can reach me at 206. 721 5091 extension 101 or you can email me at gkenyon at KenyonHCC.com. and either way you get a hold of me and I'll respond
0: fantastic all right I have all that down so kenyanhcc.com so they could just go get the uh, if they, they want to get their policy procedures online make sure they pick the right one but they could get started right there and then you gave me your phone number you gave me your email So that's fantastic. I think we have
1: things covered.
0: And uh, so thank you for helping kick off the year on Home Care Heroes,
1: Ginny. Thank you so much, Ken. It was a pleasure. Talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us today on the Home Care Heroes podcast. Home Care Heroes is produced by Ancota, the software for the heroes of home care. You can listen to back episodes by visiting forhomecareheroes.com. That's the number four, then the words HomeCareHeroes.com.